Hi, my name is James, and this is James Explores the New Mutants, an issue-by-issue exploration of Marvel's comic book series, The New Mutants. Welcome to episode number 50, entitled Meet the Guthries, in which we'll be examining issue number 42. Please stay tuned. So before we dive into the comic, even before we dive into the creative team, which is my usual piece I put in here, uh, I I just want to have kind of a an open dialogue, well, not really open dialogue, I guess, just me, kind of like an open letter to the to the listeners, I guess. You know, one, I want to start off by saying thank you all for being so amazing. The people that listen to this podcast on the regular basis, um, there's about 30 of you, maybe a little more than that, maybe 35, you know, that listen pretty much on a weekly basis when I'm, when I'm consistent. And, you know, you're the you've made this so much fun. Like, because you listen, I get to continue to record. I, I, it, it makes me want to keep putting material out there, which then makes me revisit these issues. But I haven't read some of them, you know, I haven't read in a couple of years, you know. And so it's been a real pleasure to div, dive through this, this series that I really am passionate about. Um, and you, you all kind of give me the motivation to keep doing that. Now, about the hiatus, I took about two months. You know, I really was kind of at the end of my rope, you know, trying to balance my life, my personal life, the move, the new baby, uh, and the podcast, and at the same time putting a lot of pressure on myself to try to monetize the podcast, try to grow the listenership, trying to do all these things that really aren't necessary for the for the joy that I get out of it. You know, like I said, the 30 or so listeners I get on a regular basis are the only, re- you know, the, are all I need really to keep putting out material. And so it's, it's not really necessary for me to monetize it other than it's something I can hang my hat on, you know. And, you know, for the amount of time I put into this podcast, you know, it's probably an hour and a half, two hours a week. Uh does it really matter if I'm pulling income from it or not? I don't think it does. That being said, I will continue to run the the single ad. And if other opportunities come up, I, I will probably, you might hear other ads occasionally. But I think what I really have to maintain focus on is that the reason I do this podcast is for my own enjoyment, right? And more listeners and more money really doesn't change the fact that I like the New Mutants. I also have to be realistic in that I'm not I'm not really an artist. So I have basic knowledge of art, and it's not enough to really get in here and pick apart these artists. Um, I know when I like something, I know when I don't like something. I also, you know, know when somebody's earth, you know, groundbreaking in terms of an artist. That's about it. You know, so for me to think that I'm going to I mean, I might grow a little bit in terms of my art, my ability to critique art. That's really unlikely to change drastically, though. Um, So, you know, like I think just having a realistic understanding that this is probably, my show might improve a little bit for the most part, though it's going to stay right about where it's at. Um, And there's a reason, you know, Jay and Miles, other podcasts like that, draw the listeners they draw, because they're better at this than I am. (laughs) That's okay. I'm okay admitting that. Like, 
I can critique stories to the degree that I'm able to do that. And I can critique art, you know, on a very basic, basic level. Um, but what I, you know, and so those things aren't going to change much. But what what I can do and what I do, I hope, bring to the table is, is a joy and excitement for the material that I'm, I'm covering in this, this podcast. And that's what I'd like to continue to do. And that's where I'd like my focus to stay. Right. If I can maintain a few hours worth of work with this, it's a hobby and enjoy myself doing it, then then I'm succeeding. I'm doing what I want to do. Uh, and, and that's not for you, the listeners, to maintain. That's for me to maintain. And I hope that going forward I can maintain that and continue to put out this podcast because it's fun. And it appears that there's a handful of people that really do enjoy this uh, topic and the material. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason they enjoy the podcast, maybe because it's something to do while they're at work. It might be that it encourages them to look up the material that I'm talking about, or maybe it's encouraged them to go back and read issues they haven't visited in a long time. Any of those reasons is a fantastic thing, I think. And, you know, I'm super grateful for the fans, like I said earlier. And, you know, like, I'm so glad that I've had the opportunity to meet a few of you, or talk, I shouldn't say meet, talk with a few of you. Nelson's been fantastic. He's really a wonderful man, and I'm so glad I got to meet him through this podcast. You know, it's been really cool that I've had family members on this podcast uh, as well. Like, it's just been really cool to go back and talk about uh, issues that come up in the comics with my brother and my sister and my nephew. That's That's really awesome. And... I'm really grateful for that. So, you know, I hopefully my, my goal is to continue with the once a week schedule, one, one issue a week, one uh, episode a week release every Wednesday, you know, in the morning, and then uh, try to record the next one and just stay on that weekly schedule. You know, that's, that's my goal. Um, and so that's, that's going to be what I'm attempting to do moving forward here. So, uh, again, thank you to the listeners, and I hope you enjoy this podcast moving forward. I hope you continue to enjoy it because uh, I'm I enjoy making it. Uh, so, uh, with that, let's dive into this issue. So, before we dive into this issue, let's talk momentarily about our creative team. Obviously, we've got Chris Claremont back writing, Jackson Geis is doing the breakdowns, and Kyle Baker is doing the finishes. Now, I don't know that we've covered Baker before, so. Uh, here's a quick rundown on, on his career. He's a writer, he's an artist, animator, and he's known specifically for graph, his graphic novel work and his 2000, revi- his 2000 year 2000 revival of Plastic Man. Um, so that's Kyle Baker. Now, we've got a new colorist here, and uh, this is her first issue on New Mutants, and her name is Elaine Lee. And she's an actress, playwright. Uh, she specializes in graphic novels and has won the Jack Kirby Award for her uh, graphic novel, Starstruck uh, the Luckless and Starstruck the Ab- Abandoned and Forsaken. Um, and so she's, she's, you know, got her hands in a lot of different pots here. She's a pretty significant uh, talent. And then we've got Tom Orzakowski doing lettering. And, of course, Anne Nassetti is our line editor. Her assistant editor is Terry Cavanaugh. And Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics at this time. So that's, that's the creative team. Uh, let's dive into uh, issue number 42, Meet uh, 
new song for for old. So this issue it opens with a splash image of Sam Guthrie and he's blasting through the sky in his new munits uniform and he's smashing through this armored tank or this armored vehicle. On the next page we see Magma and Bobby uh, Magma is Amara Aquila and Bobby uh, Costa's Sunspot. Uh, and they're working together to help Sam uh, take out some aircrafts that are following him. And they take a couple out. Sam blasts through another. Um, meanwhile, this is all this battle's occurring. We get cuts in and out from uh, Layla, Layla, Lila Cheney and her band. They're playing, right? And Claremont describes it as sec Cicado images cut from band to battle to band, matching tempo with the song, shots of mutants, Layla, and the band. And as in one of these scenes, we see Charzula. Charzula, uh, he was in the annual uh, New Minutes annual number one. The first time we met Lila, and he he's there. He's gonna he's he's a leader of this alien race that had, was trying to uh, capture her because of stuff we've covered already, right? Well, he's here to kill her. Her his forces have been destroyed. They're being routed everywhere. They're losing the battle, but he is there and he pulls a gun. He is ready to shoot Layla. Um, and at that moment. You know, the New Mutants, led by Sam Guthrie, smash through the wall of this Coliseum, and they jump in. Roberto uh, and Amara join him, uh, and then Rain jumps through, and she's in her wolf form. Uh, she transforms into this transitional form, engages Charzula, and knocks him away, uh, while Sam blasts and he glyphs Layla, carrying her to safety. And the music, according to Claremont, changes here from a song of war to a song of love. And Sam kisses Lila. Everything disappears. And Sam finds himself embraced, embracing Layla. And she's still, you know, in this kiss, this passionate kiss. Uh, and she's still dressed in that uh, rocker garb, the tight jeans, like multiple belts, the slinky green tank top, um, she in these green uh, knee-high boots, um, very 80s rocker at Jonah Jet style, I would say. And we see somebody calling Sam, says, Samuel Zachary Guthrie, and Sam's startled, and so is Lila. And it's his mother, right? And she's so upset. You know, she can't believe what he's doing. And he moves to 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 try to comfort her. And, and his, I should have mentioned this, his clothes have also changed. He's wearing this, like, plaid sport coat with these brown slacks and brown shoes. Very much like this awkward, like, I mean, the, the coat and everything's too big for him, as always. Sam's got a couple sizes up uh he's got a tie on like he's obviously brought lila to meet his mother lila brought him to meet his mother something odd um has happened and she slammed back to sam's mother's reaction right she's upset she can't believe what he's doing she just is in shock and he wants to explain and comfort her and you know and tell her everything's okay but she locks the door on him he can't get in and he's he he 
tells us that. And then he's spinning around looking for Layla, and she's gone. And all of a sudden, he wakes up. He's been sleeping, and, like, he's riding a bus. He's on a bus. And, you know, part of his dream, he's trying to figure out where this dream, how it manifested, why is this happening? And he figures part of it came from uh, this idea that Lila had. She wanted the New Mutants to film a music video with her. The rest, we come to find out, is based on fears of what his mother will think of her because he's going home to visit his family. And he wants to, you know, the plan is, I think, that Layla will eventually meet his mother. And he's not sure. Uh, similar to Danny, this uh, issue is going to deal a lot with who Sam is and where does he belong. And not only that, It's going to deal with this relationship he has with Lila and whether he can trust her and whether he's ashamed of her or not. Um, Sam is very much a, you know, a red-blooded American boy, uh, definitely uh, probably more country than he is rock and roll and uh, more of a bumpkin. And Lila is definitely none of those things. She is very much Jonah jet-like, um, very much rock and roll chick, very much, uh, you know, doesn't really care what people think about her. She does what she does and to hell with everyone else. And that's not necessarily how Sam op- operates. Um, so that's in what's going to be explored in this issue. I also suspect that um, Lila represents who Sam has become and Sam's family represents his past and where, how do those two things intermingle and can they intermingle? So that's kind of what we're going to be diving into in this issue. That's what we're going to see Sam's development. This is another one of those one-shot issues just like uh, Danny's in the last uh, issue. Um, Yeah, so uh, on to chapter two. Sam arrives uh, in Cumberland, Kentucky, and he he's in awe at, at the town, right? He's looking around. It's small. It's it's super small, and he realizes that now. You know, he's been away. He's been in New York. This is so much smaller than New York, but it's home. And he looks at the mountains, and he and he reminds it reminds him of what his dad used to say about it. He used to call it God's country, and and now Sam understands what his father meant, and he decides he he better call the school. And nobody answers. He leaves a message. He, he wants to let everybody know he's, he's safe uh, back in Kentucky. He made it okay. And then he makes another phone call. He calls Lila. And Sam, what he's doing, he, he wants, he, you know, he, he, you know, he wants to verify that they're still on for Sunday dinner. She's going to meet, like I said, his mother for, uh, for the first time. And I'm just going to read Lila's uh, dialogue here. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Though I confess, I'm a bit nervous. Never been to meet a Boa's folks before. You figure that means we're serious? Hey, Sam, meet me in Charlotte tonight, okay? I have a surprise for you. Till then, love, ciao. You know, it's... I really... This issue really makes me like <clears throat> Lila a lot. You know, she she's just a girl. She's just a girl. She's just a mutant girl with powers who happens to have a musical ability and is 
mildly somewhat famous, you know. Uh, this is on her, they ha, there's a panel with her bus, and, and she's on the Lila Cheney World Tour 86. You know, and this is 1986, obviously. Um, and what does World Tour mean, you know? She's driving around on a bus uh, through the through the States, you know. Um, maybe she's going to be in England and Europe and Japan. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so it's hard to gauge, I, I, you know, how how famous she is. Um, it's certainly possible that she is, um, I mean, they knew who she was in New York and Bobby and, uh, Sam and everybody was excited to see her in New Mutants issue number one, uh, annual number one, sorry. And they knew who she was in England. So she must be fairly popular, but she's still a girl. She's still this teenage 20 something, maybe early twenties, you know, girl who has mutant powers and just like Sam is bumbling through life and learning how to adult, right? And uh, they hang up the phone, Sam says his goodbye, and, you know, he's terrified, he's scared. And his, we see an image uh, of behind him in this one, pa- in this single panel, uh, and it's it's his thoughts, you know, and we see that he's thinking about him and Lila, and they're happy together. It's from a, a kind of like a panel we would have saw, we would have seen in uh, Annual Number One, um, and it's of them both in complete leather get-ups, right, um, which we saw in that annual, and you know he's he's scared, he's scared, uh, he's thinking to himself, what's he what's he gotten himself into. Um, and he, and he's worried about what his mom's going to think of of Lila. How's he going to get through this? He's he's scared. He's worried. And he's starts his walk home. Uh that walk doesn't really last very long cuz he he ends up using his mutant powers. It's early in the morning and he 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 decides it's instead of walking, he'll he'll fly. And so he takes to the sky. Um and you know, he enjoys being home. He's forgotten how much he missed it. And he realizes this, you know, it's it's just like it was when he was a kid. It's a good place to think. And he's got a lot to think about. And some of that is um, everything that's changed. Uh, and he's not like, just like Danny, he's not sure where he belongs. Uh and he's thinking, he's starting to think about maybe it's time for him to take, he's got grades, he's got the credits. He could transfer from Xavier's school to a, to a college um, with a scholarship or a loan from Xavier's trust fund. So there's a way for these students to move from the, unit, the school, the, the Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, to a college or a university. They don't have to stay there. And so, and, and, you know, the education there from Sam's own thoughts is as good as any of education he's going to get. But if he stays there, he's going to always be a member of the New Mutants, which is always going to risk that he'll be hurt or killed, you know, in some fight uh, with a supervillain. And if that happens, he's not sure what will happen to his family. He realizes he's the firstborn, and their welfare, in his opinion, is his responsibility. And he he stops off at his father's grave. Um, 
And, you know, the Guthries, we find out from him, have been here a really long time. You know, they, they probably found, they were probably, you know, according to Sam's thoughts, you know, they've been, you know, they helped pay for this land in his mind from sweat, toil, tears, and blood, according to his thoughts. You know, it's kind of an interesting uh, take considering we just did an issue with a native that focused on Danny and Moonstar, uh, Daniel Moonstar, and she's a native, you know, obviously a Native American, um, Kentucky, as, as was most of the country, uh, Native Americans had settled that, had lived there, uh, and were pushed out by settlers, um, It, it's all right, you know. It's just a, it's just a thought. It's just interesting. It's just interesting, you know. And I, I think there is, you know, later on, there's going to be conflicts between Sam and Danny, Danny about that issue. But, but they always are able to talk through it and gain understanding and perspective from each other. Um, and Sam, he he just happens to be a really good guy. Like, Sam's an interesting character because he's so kind and he's so upstanding and he's so good, right? So even when he is coming from a place where he is closed-minded or maybe not as uh, woke as I guess the new, you know, the phrase people use today, you know, he is open-minded enough and intelligent enough and sympathetic enough and uh, empathetic, I guess is the word I'm looking for enough, that he can adapt his perspective. He can change his point of view and come to understand from another person's perspective because he is a good person. Anyways, I don't want to get stuck there. So Sam's here visiting his father's grave and he talks to the gravestone, to the headstone. He's talking to his father. He hasn't been there in a while. And he tells him about Magneto how Xavier had left the school and how Magneto, you know, Xavier said, you know, Magneto's going to be the new headmaster. Trust him. He's somebody I, I respect. Uh, and how when things got hard, Magneto quit, gave up. And he says he'll never let that happen. Sam tells his father that Magneto said, hey, I won't let that happen again. But Sam's worried. How can you trust somebody who's done that to you once already? And then Sam starts talking about Layla. You know, tells his dad he's met a girl, and he, I'm just going to read some of what he says about Layla because I think it's it's kind of gives you some perspective that he's got strong feelings for her. So this is his description of her. She's so pretty, and the way she sings, angels couldn't do better. She's like no one I've ever known. I can't stop thinking about her, and I feel so good when when we're together. But she's not from around here. This is a different place with different ways. Suppose she hates it. Suppose mama doesn't like her. And as he's been talking, his mother, she's approached. She's come from the house. He's not, you know, he's on their land. His house is really close to this heads, to the, to the family plots, right? And his mother tells him, you know, without, interrupts this, right? She says, she must be a nice girl, Samuel. Else you wouldn't like her. You know, I can't, cannot, I'm, I cannot tell you how many times I've had my mom tell me that. She must be a nice girl, otherwise you wouldn't like her. My mom has told me that I don't know how many times, 
right? Or women would be crazy not to want you. Like just all of that, right? All those things that moms say. I don't think there's a woman, (laughs) the girl would have to be real, real, really, 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 the person, let's just say that, let's just say that, right? Like the woman, the the friend, the, the anybody, I bring them home, my mom already thinks highly of them because they're my friend, they're, they're, they're my, you know, I'm interested in them, I like them, I, I've okayed them. And that's the same here, like that's the exact response that I would expect a mom to give their son. And, you know, she, she asks him, you know, if she's good enough for you, why wouldn't she be good enough for me? You know, and they, they do their welcome home, you know, they're, you know, happy to see each other, and she has him head back to the house. And Sam's, as they're walking back, he asks, how, how do you know I was home? And she says, well, I heard you fly overhead. And so, again, here we've got another reference to Sam. When he's flying, he is heard. He is audible. So unless later, in later incarnations, Sam is, will fly and do recon and stuff like that. Well, typically you want to be quiet when you're doing recon or you're doing surveillance and you're not trying to be seen, correct? So at some point he must, must gain the ability to mask that sound that he creates when he's blasting. He must... It must be a ability that he later gains. Or writers just forgot that he could be hurt. Uh, but anyways, that's how she knew she came out. Um, and, you know, he's apologizing. I didn't mean to wake you up because it is early. She's like, I have a house full of kids. You didn't wake me. It's a school day. They all have to get ready for school. I have to be up right now so you you, you, this is ridiculous you're being weird you know that's ridiculous and she asks you know when when she gonna meet this girl and Sam's like she's we're gonna meet do dinner with for on Sunday and so he heads into the house with his mom and his gaggle of siblings um you know I don't even know how many are there uh just from one two three four at least four maybe five kids and they all past him there's just a lot of noise they're all happy to see him but they're all gonna get to school uh and they you know they head out the door and his younger brother josh is heading out the door he's got a guitar strapped to his back and uh sam tries to say hello but he doesn't respond and what we come to find out is that josh has really been struggling he's struggling with the fact that his dad's dead that he's the oldest uh, he's struggling with the fact that Sam is gone and just left the family. He's struggling with the fact that his brother's a mutant. And you hear all this horrible, hateful things about mutants. His mom doesn't believe any of it, but, but she doesn't know how to help Josh right now. He just isn't being, he, she just can't reach him. So there's this, this problem that's going on at home. Um, and, and Sam, you know, he, he looks at what's going on here and he's struggling with school and he's already been thinking about dropping 
school, dropping out of Magneto, uh, out of Xavier's Institute, right? And now he had been thinking about going to college somewhere else, right? Now that's out the window too. Now he's coming home. That does it. He decides he's coming home. He can't be in New York. He says, quote, this settles things, mama. My proper place is here, caring for my kin, and I've made up my mind. I'm moving home for good. You know, and just at the drop of a hat, with everything that's happening at home, Sam's going to come home and he's going to fix things. He's going to take over the mantle. He's going to do what he thinks he should have. One, of, You know, when we first met Sam, this was something he struggled with. His dad had always wanted him to go on and get educated. Right? He didn't want his son to be working in coal mines. He didn't want his son to have the life he had. He wanted better for his son. And when he died, Sam fell into this trap that he had to do for his family. He had to take care of his family. He had to work to provide for his family. Education, everything else fell to the wayside. Well, it was like he'd passed that. He went to Xavier's school, and things were doing better for him. And then he had this crisis of confidence right? Crisis of conscience, crisis of confidence, where he doesn't know where he belongs anymore. And what better place to go when you're afraid and uncertain than to your past? Go and bury yourself in something you're very comfortable in. He's afraid and he's worried and he doesn't know what to do next. So what makes sense to him is safety of family, home, something that's absolutely comfortable and he's got a reason to justify that to himself that they need him they're not capable of doing it alone and the only person who can do it for him is him so sam has made his ultimate has made his mind up later that night charlotte north carolina sam blasts uh arrives he's he's blasted from kentucky um you know, he, he goes to the Coliseum, Coliseum, Layla's performing at, you know, and he he's in awe at the life that the people who, the roadies and their life, right? They work so hard. They follow the band around, you know, and, and he thinks about how, you know, other migrant, like gypsy type people, they their lives are better than that. You know, he doesn't know that he could hack it. Um, no roots. No place to call home. You know, that's not a life that he's attracted to, right? He, 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 he's, he's attracted to, to stability. That is Sam to the core. But he also realizes this is something Layla loves, right? And so as he's, you know, heading backstage, making his way, uh, you know, trying to find Layla, he bumps into Allison, Allison uh, Blair, Dazzler. You know, and she's doing really good. She's changed her hair. She's part of the band. She's doing lights, uh, the light show for the, for the, you know, for the band. Um, when when uh, Layla lets her, um, and she's doing good. You know, and and Sam's happy for her. You know, because they get to know each other pretty well. Uh, just before, uh, during the gladiator stuff, and uh, before. Uh, uh, the Beyonder interrupted everything. And so he's happy. He's happy that she's she's 
turning things around, that things are getting better because she'd fallen on some bad times, obviously. Um, So he's just, he's happy. And he sees Lila, she's still standing at the front of the stage, kind of looking off into this empty auditorium. And he, he says, he says to her, still drinking in the applause, Lila? And she says, you betcha, Sam, and jumps into his arm and they embrace and a kiss. And they're both, you know, surprised at how passionate and uh, breathtaking it was. You know, and they tease each other a little bit. Like, she's like, don't take it personally. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I have that kind of reaction. Oh, my girlfriends. Um, And he tells her he's glad to see her. And she is happy to see him, too. And he wants to talk. And uh, she's like, okay, we'll we'll find a spot. But I need to uh, show you something. And she teleports away. She returns, and she has this crystallized, crystalline statue. Um... And I, I should mention this because it's another thing about Sam, right? Uh, Sam Guthrie and, and the way these two characters are really very different, right? She teleports away, just whatever. And he's shocked at how she just does it where, you know, she'll teleport whenever. Like, and he's like, he's worried that, like, if she's not careful, people will find out that she's immune. That would affect her, could, you know, ruin her life and, and Allison's. She's so careless, right? And she, like I said, she teleports back and she has this crystalline statue. And she wanted to bring this gift for his mom, something special, because, you know, this is her first time going to dinner, proper family dinner. And she tells him, it's singing crystal from Belly Bran out of the Kilisharandra range near Dragonhold. So rare it's literally beyond price. I remember you telling me how much she loved to sing. Right? Like, so she's giving this gift that is extremely priceless, extremely rare, and it it will provide accompaniment to Sam's mother's singing when she sings. It's something that she remembered Sam having told her it's it's coming from this place of love and Sam the only thing he can think is how dare you how dare you give my mother a gift that you stole why would you do that you know he's angry with her you know and she's like shocked you know he's like well you're you're a thief and you're proud of it you you tell everybody that you're the best darn thief in the world and, you know, you promised me you wouldn't steal anymore, but you have the gall to bring this kind of a gift to my mother. Your words, he tells her, are as trustworthy as Magneto. And she shoots back, saying, you know, you, shouldn't, you have no right to judge me or condemn me. I live the way I choose to live. You know, she's her own woman. And this was, you know, she tells him that it's a gift of love. The only thing that should, and that's really all that matters. And she cracks the statue, you know, in this argument they're having. And Sam, he fires back, you know, love doesn't mean anything when it's built on lies. And, you know, she's hurt. She turns away from him. She's got tears running down her face. Um, The statue is now cracked. And, you know, 
you know, she, she thinks he needs to trust her. And if he can't trust her, there's no sense in this relationship continuing. And she says to him as he fly, you know, blasts off, um, we've had a, a fun ride, Sam. It should have lasted longer and ended better. Goodbye. So the next morning, Sam, he's up. And his mom realizes he looks dreadful. He looks tired. And she asks, what's wrong? He says he didn't sleep, but it's nothing he can't handle. And he's decided, hey, I'm here. Let me help with the chores. What can I do? Uh, work on the house, work on the truck or whatever. Uh, and his mom tells him kind of him to offer, but there's not really anything to do. And Sam asks who's been doing it. His brother shoots at him and says, who do you think? As if you really care. And Sam's offended. He's like, you shouldn't be talking to me that way. Uh, and he calls to Josh and Josh he just walks out the door. Um, and his mother <clears throat> tells him that she's been looking after the machinery. You know, his her grandfather, uh, Sam's grandfather, had taught her how to do a lot of that stuff when Sam's dad took ill. And I like machines, so I, she takes care of the truck. And his brother has been responsible for the house and the barn, and the little ones do the rest. And Sam's like, I guess, you know, he's starting to realize that he's not really needed. And so he does, what he decides to do is go after Joshua. And he he rockets after him, and he tells him to wait. He won't wait. And they get into a scuffle. And Sam wants to know what's eating him. Why is he being such a jerk? Why is he being such an ass? And, you know, Josh is, you know, doesn't want to deal with him. He tries to push past him, and Sam throws him to the ground and pins him. And he tells him he's not going to let him up until he... He, you know, tells tells him what's going on. He gets a straight answer from him. And he tells him, you know, Josh fires back. You think because you're the o- oldest means you know it all. Well, you don't. And he's mad. He's mad at him that he hasn't been there uh, with the family. And it's mom and him and Josh himself who have held things together. Well, you know, Sam's had the easy ride at school. And, and Sam already feels guilty about this. He's, he knows. And he's come home to help where he's most needed. And Josh says, don't you understand? Nothing? You ain't needed. We're done, doing fine without you. And we'll keep on. And Sam asks, what, you don't, I don't belong with my family? And Josh pushes him off of him. And he, you know, Sam... You know, asks if he's stealing his thunder. You know, if he's afraid of him, Sam stealing his thunder. He said, you know. Is he mad that he abandoned the family or is he mad that Sam stole his thunder? And and Josh replied, tells him maybe it's both. But he's going to be late for school. He's got to go. And Sam asks if he needs a lift and he doesn't want it. He talks about as he leaves, like, this is something that I know my brother experienced. And, I, you know, I kind of wish I had the opportunity to read this issue with him and have him give some commentary on it. Uh, but, he, you know, both my siblings actually have talked to me about how, like, I would go to, I would have, I would go through classes and then they would have a teacher that I had, right? And and those teachers would all judge them based on my behavior. And so sometimes teachers that liked me didn't like them very much. Um, and that's kind of the same situation that Josh was in. 
Teacher will take one look at me. This is what he says, quote, Teacher will take one look at me and ask who I've been fighting and then mutter about how I ain't half the student or man my big brother was and ain't that a crying shame. And Josh walks off. Sam, for his part, he starts wandering. He's thinking about the old days. You know, he's he goes to the baseball field. He thinks about how easy it was when he was a baseball player. He remembers his dad cheering for him, the loudest, always tried to be the loudest. You know, it was so cut and dried on the baseball field. You know, the best thing you could get, you know, you look forward to was a state championship. The worst was a disappointment of a loss. Then his dad died, and that changed everything. <clears throat> you know, and then he starts thinking about You know, how he treated Lila and how he just cried, but it's not proper for a man from Kentucky, Cumberland, Kentucky. But then he starts thinking about how he wasn't really, he's not really that kid anymore. He's seen the stars and he knows that life's out there. He's, he's been among gods. You know, he's really struggling. He's really trying to decide what his place is and... He sits down in this diner, and he's thinking to himself. He wonders how people would react to him if they found out he was a mutant. They'd either, would they, you know, embrace him, or would they run away? Would they shoot him? You know, would they pull a gun on him? Um, his brother isn't him. He's starting to see that. And his mom shows up. She sits down, and they start talking. And he tells her how he doesn't feel comfortable in this town. It's It's doesn't feel like home she asks you know you know are you really surprised and he's surprised she asked that and he tells she tells him that she's he's too much like him once he went to the university you know did he, he really think he'd be able to come back and he kind of hoped he would be able to she tells him that no he's he's got too much wonderlust in him too much like her she's too much like her you know, his brother is content just like his father was where he was at. If you took him out of the valleys away from the land, he'd wither and die. And Sam asks, and I won't? She says, no, you you have a wonderlust. You you see the ridge and you want to you wonder what's on the other side of it. Your your letters that you write home are bristling with, you know, everything you've seen. You know, such wonder and so much excitement. She asks, does he really want to give up those other lands, those other worlds, for, for Cumberland, his home? And he tells her, well, it's my responsibility. I'm the oldest. And I love her response. Like, Claremont has, like Claremont's voice for Sam, Sam Guthrie's mother, Ma Guthrie, is fantastic. Like, I think he, he's created a character here that I really enjoy. Here's, and I'm just going to read the quote directly. Excuse me, young man, but last time I counted, I had a few years and more on you. Being a woman, my being a woman doesn't make me any less capable of running this household and caring for my family, and I will keep on so long as I'm able. That ever changes, then you can exercise your responsibility. But till it does, Samuel Zachary, you'll heed me. Live your own life. Life is what is important, being true to yourself and those you care for. Go, son, where you're most needed, needed most, 
And right now, that isn't with us. You know, and I love that. Like, she has nailed the head on, you know, the, ham- the nail on the head. She is totally right here. Sam has his own journey, his own path. And his family's doing fine. Like, they're doing okay. You know, and she does apologize. She doesn't want it, you know, to hurt his feelings. And this is all interrupted when his little brother runs up, uh, calling his Sam for Sam and his mom. He tells them that Ben Lachlan is looking for Sam. Uh, and Sam realizes it's one of Lila's bandmates. And he said, and, and Joshua tells him that, his, that, that Ben has said that his girlfriend, Lila, plane is missing and they're afraid it crashed. So I think it should be taking the time to point out that uh, Sam and... <clears throat> is communicating with, with uh, Layla's band member, member via the CB and the truck, uh, which is kind of interesting because a similar situation happened with Danny, right? When she's home in Colorado, her, uh, some, a call comes over the CB for about her friend Pat, right? And so Sam's communicating about Layla. Uh, they know that they had a fight. The, the band member knows that Sam had a fight with Layla and that Layla was really pissed off. He's never seen her so angry before. Uh, and even though they had a fight, you know, he figured it, the right thing to do was to get Sam's help, right? Uh, to have him help because they need to cover a lot of ground. And he figured he'd offer Sam this opportunity. And Sam, you know, of course he's going to help. And he thinks... Uh, thanks, Ben, for the consideration, and he takes to the sky, and his brother wants to go with, and so he has him jump on piggyback, and they blast off, um, and Sam talks about how free he feels, how much he really, really enjoys this, and he, and when he's flying like this, he doesn't really mind that people are paranoid about mutants. He kind of feels sorry for them, because those people can't fly. They'll never know what it's like. Um... And Josh talk, asks him so about maybe him being a mutant and maybe that wouldn't be such a bad thing. And Sam doesn't know. He's like, it could be. And he tells him, you know, keep your eyes peeled. we got to find this wreck. And so they crisscross the mountains, keep looking. And finally, towards the end of the day, towards sunset, they find just the plane. It's crashed into the trees. I mean, it's a disaster. It's a mess. And it, the ground doesn't look stable around it, but they're gonna, they got to get down there. they got to get down to the cabin. It's buried in the trees, and the trees are, you know, make it pretty much impossible for Sam to get to it. And he realizes if he blasts through there, he'll knock everything loose. It, it could just make things all the more, all the more, all the worse. Could cause an avalanche, bring the whole mountain down on top of them. And Josh suggests that maybe he should go in. He's a lot smaller, and maybe he can squeeze through all those tight cracks. Uh, and Sam, and, and I mean, it's the only option. Sam has to let him go. He tells him to be careful. You know, he's, he's worried about it, and he doesn't want, you know, anything to lose him too. And, you know, he's already upset with himself for Layla being in this situation. He sees it as his fault, and he just wants her to be okay. Uh... Josh, he sneaks through. He he slithers his way through. He's got a flashlight, and he he yells back to Sam. He sees a light, 
and he he announces himself. He says it's you know his name's Josh. He asks who's there, and Allison responds, Allison Blair, right, Dazzler, <clears throat> and she says she's all right. But Allison and another one of their band members, Connell Dar- Duran, were hurt and were both injured in the crash. Uh, and Josh, he says, well, we can't drag them through this maze. I barely made it through. And Dazzler tells him, you know, she's Dazzler, that she's a mutant singer, and she can use her light laser powers to blast through this stuff, you know, a tunnel. Um, but she's drained of most of her energy, and she asks if they have a radio. And Josh says, no, they don't, but he can sing. And so he starts to sing. And Claremont describes this uh, as Sam has heard his brother in town, but that was nothing compared to the wondrous, impossible beauty that now filled the air. And Sam notes it's like a one-man choir. And Allison blasts a tunnel through the, the tree, the fallen trees, and they're able to get Layla and her fellow band member out. Um, <clears throat> and and Sam says tells his brother that you know singing was beautiful, and his brother tells him, "Hey, you know, this happened when my voice changed. Mom figures it's my special gift, like you're flying." You know, so this is an implication that this is a mutant of power. This is this isn't just regular singing. This is his ability, his something with song or his voice. There's something special about it, something beyond human. Um, you know, and and there is they're talking. You know, he asks, "What do you think the other kids will have for powers?" And Sam says, "I don't know." Um, and then he asks Allie, how's Allison? How's Lila? And she says, do you care, Sam? You know, you've been an ass, really. You've been a jerk. And uh, after she went through all this trouble to get this gift for your mother, she and, and Allison kind of spills the beans on how this gift came to, to, to be, right? Like, she tells Sam all, all about how it was created. And she says, uh, you know, she wished she had somebody like Layla that was that cared so much for her as much as she does for you. You know, it, it took Layla months to mine the crystal and take even longer to carve it. And any if she made a slight, like just a little bit of a mistake, it would shatter the crystal and she'd have to start over. And Sam shocked, you know, she that she made it, that she didn't steal it. And Allison's just shocked. How could she, you know, he even think this terrible thing about her? And as they're talking about this and, you know, working through this problem, the cliff finally gives way. And Sam grabs everyone and he blasts out of the rubble and gets everyone to safety. And he thinks to himself that that load, that he's handled a lot heavier loads, but this taxed him. He almost didn't get off the ground. And so he figures he better check it out and see what's going on. And I've done just some really quick cursory research, and I'm not seeing any real direct references uh, that anyone's noted. So I, it'll be interesting to see if this is a plot point that was ever picked up by Claremont or other writers. I do know I can say that his powers have fluctuated uh, 
since he's been created. Sometimes he's, you know, extremely powerful. Other times he's not. So it'll be interesting to see how Claremont handles this rolling forward, if it's something that is ever picked up on. Um, but let's get back to that story. So Sam, you know, he's horribly distraught and realizes he's been a big jerk. He tells Layla that, who's, you know, he just wants her to be okay. And he, you know, tells her, I understand it. You know, if you hate me and you never want, you know, you never want anything to do with me. Um, and she just tells him, boy, you are so lucky. I'm the forgiving sort when it comes to the man I love. And they embrace and a kiss. Uh, and, and things seem to be okay with those two. Thankfully, if you're Sam. <laughs> so we flash forward to Sunday night. And Sam is standing in a brown sports coat, brown suit coat, and uh, red tie, white shirt. He's gussied up. He looks good. You know, he's ready for this dinner date with Lila and his mom. He's going to have his family meet Lila Cheney. And, you know, he's worried. He's he's looking at his watch. He's He's wondering where she's at. He feels like he's been waiting forever. He's just super nervous. Um, and he, he's, you know, thinking to himself that he's going to be going back to school eventually here really quickly. And if nothing else, I'll be there and maybe give the young, you know, the younger mutants, you know, an example. Um, someone to turn to with their troubles. Uh, so he's he's going back, you know, he's, he's going to do that. And, you know... Pop there appears Lila Cheney, and she is wearing her hair is dyed multiple colors. It's like a pink, a white. There's a little bit of a blue. She's got this two black tube top on, and these like leather jeans with fringe on them, and these white boots with these like big rubies on them. Uh, a chain, a uh, couple you know, this chain that hooks to her belt. I mean, and she's carrying that statuette. I mean, she is probably everything Sam was afraid of. And he's thinking to himself, uh, and she asks, do you like me, Sam? And he says, I love you, Lila. And he's thinking to himself as she comes over to the, the deck, uh, that he's the porch that he's standing on. Oh, Mama, she'll die. She'll kill me. The kids laugh. How can I? How can I not? And she tells him, I brought the statue. Perhaps it's better flawed. Since none of us are perfect either. And Sam's ready to let her go in. He's like, well, I guess it's time to go in, Lila. Shall we go in? Uh, and she disappears. Oh, no. And he starts immediately thinking, like, what have I done? You know, like, oh, no, what did I do? What did I say? I botched everything. Everything. I messed it all up. <clears throat> She's through with me. It's over. And then poof, she appears again, and she's wearing this nice green jacket and this black dress, and this looks like a pearl necklace, and she's still got the statue. And he's just, all he can say is, wow. And she tells him, you know, I had to know you'd go through with it, Sam. I'd never shame you, my love, but by the same token, I never want you to feel ashamed of me. You know, and I love that. I love that. You know, and, and they end up going in. You know, she gives her gift to Sam's mother, and they go in to dinner. You know, I just, I love this. I think 
I love this character. I love Lila. Like, she's a wonderful, wonderful character. She's so cool, and she's so amazing. And, like, she wears her emotions on her sleeve. And she cares so deeply for people. Like, from this, this madcap, like, wild, crazy girl that, like, put the world at risk. This is the character that, you know, has developed out of that. And... You know, she's just like Sam. She's just like the other New Mutants. She's a kid, and she's learning how to function in the world. But she jumps in with both feet, and she, you know, she loves wholeheartedly. And she's just a really great, kind, amazing character. And on top of that, she's really, really cool and really badass. And Sam, you know, he, you know, he he learned a lesson from this all you know he learned about who he was but he also learned about like relationships he's he's growing he's changing and he's beginning to accept that um and i just i think this is a really great story in a lot of ways i i really like this story significantly more than our last issue um and for the reasons i talked about last in the last episode right like there's certain racial uh Stereotypes, I think, that are in play. I think there's some violence against Danny that I think is unacceptable. Um, I think, you know, it's an interesting, you know, her character rebounds from that. So, you know, it's it's definitely an arc. Some choices there that I'm not a fan of, I talked about. But for, you know, everything in this story, I, I think... I, I just I like it. I like it a lot. It's it's a very similar story, um, essentially for Sam. It's it's interesting that he's taken a a woman and put them in a situation, and put her in a situation, and he's taken that a, a man and put her in this him in a, in a very similar situation, right? They both are experiencing very similar things, and they're both team leaders. They're they're the co-leaders of the New Mutants, so they kind of are the representation for the entire team. So if these two characters are feeling this way, it's likely that the other characters are having some sort of um, developmental crisis themselves or are are going to be down the road. Um, And it makes sense that both these characters run home to what is normal, what is natural, what, what... was safe and neither of them fit it's a really interesting story it's a really interesting arc uh these two one shots do not function together but they tell similar stories and what we learn is growth occurs and people change and sometimes we can't go back we just can't always return to what was comfortable because that stunts growth. So I, I do. I really like this story a lot. I think uh, there's just some really cool cool character development. And, you know, this is one of the places, you know, that Car- Chris Claremont is definitely the strongest. One of, one of his areas where he's the strongest as a writer. Like these, these quiet moments in between the big action scenes. These quiet moments where he develops his characters. He is a master at that. You know, you take this ridiculous superhero plot, which is not believable, and you put in these real-life situations that help to flesh out, ground, and develop a three-dimensional character. Uh, Gives depth and realistic uh, 
problems to these characters that makes them super relatable and makes them easy to care about. And Claremont is definitely a master of that. This is where he is probably at his best. Um, and that's one of the reasons, you know, Magneto is one of my favorite villains of all time because he is humanized, because he is dimensional. He has depth and range in ways that other villains don't necessarily have. And, you know, he takes the time, Claremont takes the time to develop the characters on the team. Not all of them, but the ones that end up being mainstays are developed in ways that I don't think all authors are capable of doing. Um, So you got, you know, I applaud him for that. This is a fantastic issue, as I've said. Uh, And next week, uh, we'll be diving into a new issue of new the next issue i shouldn't say a new issue the next issue of new mutants uh issue number 43 and that is entitled getting even so the new mutants are going to go after uh uh empath and um we're going to have a new artist team on that that's going to be steven parcells parcell and the inker is going to be will parcetasio um, so yeah, uh, well, for those of you who don't know, Will Persatasio is one of the, you know, artists, the up and coming artists that in the nineties is going to, uh, really revolutionize, uh, the role of the artist in the comic industry. And, uh, he's going to be one of those artists who has, has, joins that mass exodus from Marvel to create image. So, uh, Having him show up here on the next issue is kind of interesting and exciting. It'll be fun to see his work on that title. So, yeah, um, great issue. Really enjoyed reviewing it. This was a lot, a lot of fun to come back and, and, and do this issue. So that's a good thing. I really enjoyed this creating this episode. So hopefully I can stay in this pace and just continue to have fun with it. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in for this issue, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll start again, like I said, with issue 43, uh, getting even next week. James Explores the New Mutants is, as always, recorded in Des Moines, Iowa, and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore the New Mutant via email at Explore New Mutants at gmail.com. Visual companions to the episodes are available on Facebook and Instagram by searching James Explores the New Mutants. If you'd like to reach the podcast, another great way to do that is by uh, using the messenger service through Anchor. This allows you, the listener, to record minute-long segments that are then sent directly to me. You can ask questions, make comments, and I can place those directly in the episode. So it's a really cool way for you, the listeners, to take part in these episodes. Uh, So I highly recommend that. Um, Yeah, it's a great way, like I said, to contact me and get a hold of me. So please do, uh, if you'd like to. I I love hearing from you all. Um, Otherwise... Till next week, keep reading those comics.